Welcome to our regular episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. One of the important principles in studying the works of L. Ron Hubbard and in the study of life is the subject of what he refers to as the dynamics. The following uh, quite complete definition of the term comes from a number of Mr. Hubbard's works. I quote here, a surge of energy within us, this is a dynamic, of course, a surge of energy within us, which is seeking to promote the survival of something, an urge, a thrust, a motion towards survival. The basic command survive is known as the survival dynamic. Okay, just as an aside here, just as a demonstration, if you look at anything that's living, you will observe they have one thing in common. They are all seeking to survive. Uh, every individual you meet, uh, the plants, the trees, the animals, everything is motivated by this dynamic, this thing that makes them move, basically. So we call that a survival dynamic. And he goes on, he says, if we take a look at this dynamic through a magnifying glass, we find that in this one thrust, there are eight thrusts or eight dynamics. These are motives or motivations. They are urges for survival as or through one, self, two, sex and family, three, groups, four, all mankind, five, living things, plants and animals, six, the physical universe, seven, spirits, and eight, infinity or the supreme being. These eight dynamics embrace all the goals of survival an individual has and all the things for which he survives. The word dynamic comes from the Greek dunamis, meaning power, strength. Each dynamic is an energetic urge in a certain direction, the urge to survive along a certain course. So... Let's say you are uh, working late one night. I'm giving you an example now. What is motivating you to do that? Now, for one person, it might be his passion for his group. For another, it could be his passion for his family. Like, I've got to make, put in these extra hours so I can make the money I need so I can send my daughter to uh, the university she wants to go to, whatever it might be. There's a motivation that is uh, an urge to survive. And it could be one or more of the dynamics combined. You know, a person wants to be physically fit for first dynamic reasons, likes to feel healthy, but also has second dynamic reasons, wants to look attractive to, uh, to the opposite sex or whatever it might be. So uh, you have different motivations for different things, but they will all drill down to one or more of these urges or dynamics or a subdivision of those dynamics. So Mr. Hubbard goes on to say, none of these dynamics is more or less important than another. It will be found, however, among individuals that each person stresses one of the dynamics more than the others or may stress a combination of dynamics as more important than other combinations. Okay, well, we have mentioned the dynamics a number of times throughout these episodes. And since this podcast series is concerned with, quote, business, end quote, and entrepreneurship, obviously, much of what we have spoken of can be considered third dynamic or the dynamic of groups. However, let's face it, it is really impossible to discuss one dynamic at the exclusion of all others 
as they interrelate. A third dynamic is, after all, made up of individuals, and so one has a number of, quote, first dynamics, end quote, to consider here, and each of those individuals is a complexity of all the other dynamics as well, right? So are you going to utterly neglect an employee's love of, say, their pets and plants, or their fifth dynamic, in other words, when you deal with them? Or are you going to be uh, thoughtless and disregard the deep religious beliefs and practices of the trusted participants in your group? You know, if they have a religious holiday, are you going to acknowledge that and or let them practice their disciplines or whatever they're doing? They're going to work for you. You should you should be acknowledging and granting importance to their religious beliefs and uh, practices. Failure to acknowledge and grant importance to these things and accommodate where you can is very often a bad idea. Now, let's take a look at the second dynamic or families. All of your people, and even you, have families or at least had one. Everyone's had a mom or has a mom. And even if that family is not present, the second dynamic of sex and families figures large in all of our lives. Now, what happens when these dynamics go out of balance? What happens if you work your guts out for your business for months on end and neglect your family? Oh boy, you can count on it. Family is going to impact your business sooner or later. And your first dynamic is probably going to fall apart too, as if you're living on an exclusive diet of coffee and pizza. Mmm, yeah. So you have to keep these things balanced. And as a matter of fact, that is one of the major objectives of WISE and the local effective management associations we have formed. And why the motto of the EMA or Effective Management Association is, quote, working and living as an art form. End quote. We chose that for a reason. What is the point of building a company that is a huge, quote, success, end quote, when the rest of your life is trashed? That would be a hollow victory, to say the least. And this is why we find so many, quote, successful, end quote, people, I'm using a lot of quotation marks here, um, hooked on alcohol or drugs. It makes no sense to us why people we have admired uh, from afar, when we get to know them more intimately, are discovered to have nightmare scenarios at home, just like average people, just like, quote, average, end quote, people. Interesting thing about all these dynamics is that the fundamentals of life, as discovered by Mr. Hubbard, had direct application to all of them. And that would make sense, wouldn't it? Since these are actually eight divisions of the same thing, life. So today, we thought we would talk about raising a family and growing a business. Or growing a family and raising a business, same thing. Because there are commonalities that, when understood and applied, makes these dynamics uh, and activities a lot more successful and a lot more fun. Okay, so what I'm going to cover with you now is from Mr. Hubbard's extraordinary book, Fundamentals of Thought. And he, in this book describes life this way. He says here, life is a game. Life is a game, all capital letters. A game consists of freedom, barriers, and purposes. This is a scientific fact, not merely an observation. That's a direct quote from the book. Take a look at it for yourself. I, we've discussed this in earlier episodes. You know, there has to be some barriers. I mean, imagine, as I did at one time as a young man, I played on a basketball team that was so superior that we were just clobbering everybody, and there really was no game. 
because there weren't enough barriers. So we ended up creating a lot of barriers between each other and ended up fighting amongst ourselves. A game without any barriers is no fun. It's not really a game. And a game with no freedoms. I also played on a soccer team that was so bad, we celebrated if we scored a goal. I think we scored one goal all year. That was ridiculous because the, the barriers were too big. There was really no game. You know, the game became, you know, let's see if we can score a goal. <laughs> it wasn't my best sport. That, that now defies a definition of a game. It's not really a game. There's too many barriers. And what would be a game with no purposes? I talked about a, a game that my, my beloved brother uh, created one time where no one was keeping score. The interesting thing was a, called alternative hockey. We're Canadians, so we, we'll, we'll play hockey any chance we get. And this was played with walking sticks and, uh, you know, a ball. It was actually a lot of fun. But inevitably, somebody was secretly keeping score. Because if there's no score, there's no purpose. There's no one who can win. And so it becomes a purposeless game and it's not really a game. So you'll find people start creating games somehow by establishing purposes, right? Like establishing a way to keep score. So Mr. Trevor goes on to say this. He says, freedom exists amongst barriers. A totality of barriers and a totality of freedom alike are no game conditions. Each is similarly cruel. Each is similarly purposeless. Okay, so you've got a business. That's a game. You've got a family. That's a game too. It's a game called raise a family. It's a game called grow a business. It's a game called raise your business. Sometimes it feels like you're raising a family with your business. And um, so logically, both of these activities are made up of freedoms, barriers, and purposes. And they are. If you look it over, they certainly are. So uh, let's go back to this the book here and this chapter. He says, Mr. Hubbard says, great revolutionary movements fail. They promise unlimited freedom. That is the road to failure. Only stupid visionaries chant of endless freedom. Only the afraid and ignorant speak of and insist upon unlimited barriers. When the relation between freedom and barriers becomes too unbalanced, an unhappiness results. Freedom from is all right, only so long as there is a place to be free to. An endless desire for freedom from is a perfect trap, a fear of all things. Now, I think of, um, I have a member of mine who works in a very large, I won't name the company, high-tech company, has a uh, fairly influential position there. Definitely a company you've heard of. And as is, uh, I guess, the current culture amongst uh, high-tech companies, you know, you go through the premises and it's extraordinary that the unlimited freedoms that exist, you know, people are allowed to kind of uh, go and, you know, play ping pong or shoot pool or whatever, as that's, you know, I guess it's supposed to invite creative thinking. There's restaurants and cafes on every floor where they can help themselves to whatever they want, magnificent food. And I can't remember if there was booze there or not. I don't think so. But anyway, it was just, I was, I was like, wow, this is like heaven here. You know, you can just do, you, you know, you, you kind of come to work. If you feel like it, people are dressed any way they want to. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is kind of, I wonder if there's more to this because this looks like almost unlimited freedoms. Right. And it's interesting that I was talking to another member of mine who was in that environment out in uh, in Silicon Valley, has moved to the East Coast, 
And I was talking to her. She was a, a CFO for one of these companies. And how glad she was to be out of that environment because you had no freedom to speak your mind. Because if you had certain opinions or ideas, you were basically blackballed in that culture. And I thought to myself, isn't that interesting? Here you have this apparency of all these unlimited freedoms, but then there's no such thing because there's got to be a game. So now all of a sudden barriers are being created, but they are unwitting barriers or they are evolving barriers. And here's a barrier, a, a, a horrific barrier where you're not permitted to express your opinions, maybe about uh, politics or religion or whatever, without now being on the outside of a particular culture. That's interesting. That kind of uh, validated kind of what I was thinking that, okay, there's barriers here. I know there's got to be. So uh, Mr. Harper goes on to say this, barriers are composed of inhibiting, limiting ideas, space, energy, masses, and time. Freedom in its entirety would be a total absence of these things, but would also be a freedom without thought or action, an unhappy condition of total nothingness. Fixed on too many barriers, man yearns to be free, but launched into total freedom, he is purposeless and miserable. Listen to this. There is freedom amongst barriers. If the barriers are known and the freedoms are known, there can be life, living, happiness, a game. Okay, so now he's giving you the tip-off here uh, to success in building a family, raising a family, uh, building your organization. You have freedom amongst barriers. If the barriers are known and the freedoms are known, there can be life, living, happiness, and a game. He goes on to say this, the restrictions of a government or a job give an employee his freedom without known restrictions. I emphasize the word known. Without known restrictions, an employee is a slave doomed to the fears of uncertainty in all his actions. Mr. Rapper goes on to say this, executives in business and government can fail in three ways and thus bring about a chaos in their department. They can, one, seem to give endless freedom. Two, seem to give endless barriers. Three, make neither freedom nor barriers certain. So then he goes on to say this, executive competence, therefore, consists of imposing and enforcing an adequate balance between their people's freedom and the unit's barriers and in being precise and consistent about those freedoms and barriers. Such an executive, adding only in himself initiative and purpose, can have a department with initiative and purpose. Okay, so now, you are possibly gobsmacked, to use a fancy word, or just shocked at the lack of compliance and care and initiative and, you know, uh, sloppiness perhaps amongst your employees or your group. If that's your company, if you're the one organizing it, if you're the executive in charge, you might want to just take a look. What exactly are the barriers and freedoms in that department or in that organization? And are they clearly established and enforced and known? Let's, let's back that up. Known, because you can't enforce them if they're not known, Clearly expressed, known, and then enforced. That is a very worthwhile exercise for any entrepreneur, particularly if has any dissonance within his organization. Take a look and see what 
exactly are the policies? What are the barriers? You know, is there a dress code? So if there's no dress code, how can you possibly complain about ways, the way somebody is dressed? You never established the barrier. You never established the freedoms. Okay, you can wear anything you like as long as it's not jeans. Or I, I don't care what it is. You might care what it is and because that's your company. But you better establish those barriers. Don't be arbitrary about it like, hey, what are you doing in jeans? Why can't I wear jeans? You know, they wear jeans over at the company next door. Why can't I wear them here? Because that's because I don't like jeans. Yeah, but wait a minute. When did you tell me that? Well, I never told you that. You're supposed to figure that out because I'm the boss and you're supposed to read my mind and to hell with you. Right? That that is obviously a petty uh, description of some of these issues, but I'm taking a very petty example, but it's nonetheless uh, a valid example. You didn't establish a dress code, so you better clam up when it comes to how people are dressed. Okay? What are the barriers? What are the freedoms? Okay, now, if you can establish those things clearly, and uh, obviously it helps if there's good logic behind it and it's not totally stupid, right? You can, you will also observe that successful families operate the same way. You know, it's interesting in conversations with uh, people, you know, when they tell you about an incredible childhood, seldom do I hear anyone say, you know, I had an incredible childhood. My parents let me do anything I wanted. I've never heard that. Normally what I hear is my parents were really they were pretty strict, like they had rules, but they were fair. Yeah, well, if you want to be fair, first thing you're going to have to do if you want to be fair is have rules, okay? What are the barriers and what are the freedoms? If you do this, you get your allowance. If you do that, you can go out at night. If you get, you know, But these things need to be expressed and then they need to be enforced. If you give endless freedom, I've just never heard anybody say that, you know, and I, and I look at families that are they're trying to run their, their families that way, man, they, they are a little out of control. Let's just put it that way. And and on the other hand, you can also give endless barriers. I've also heard people complain about their upbringing. Like, you know, everything was a barrier. You know, I couldn't go out there. Couldn't do this. Couldn't do that. You know, it's like, that's no fun either. Okay. You got to have your balance. So the, he says executives in business and government can fail in three ways and thus bring about a chaos in their department. They can, one, seem to give endless freedom. Two, seem to give endless barriers. So you want to avoid those two things. And then the third thing, make neither freedom nor barriers certain. Okay. There's one more paragraph I want to just read you from a little bit later in the chapter. He says, uh, a good manager must be capable of taking responsibility for restrictions and that freedom to exist must have barriers. A failure to take initiative on the subject of restrictions or barriers causes them to arise all by themselves and exist without consent or direction, end quote. So there's your there's your, you know, evolving culture where no one can open their mouths and express an opinion that's not everybody else's agreement as to what the opinion should be. That was never officially established. But here people are being blackballed because they have a certain opinion. Okay, so so right there you have an evolution of barriers that are not under the direction of a good manager because or a manager because the manager never set barriers to begin with. You could have a barrier like, we don't talk about politics here. I don't care. You know, you can have that policy or not have that policy. The important thing is that you have 
policies and you have direction and then they are explicit, they are made known, and they are justly enforced, okay? I don't mean with a gavel and a hammer. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, hey, look, these are the policies. So you stick by them or you don't. If you keep breaking them, then, you know, one of our policies is we kick you out of the group. You know, can't do that so easily with families, but, uh, and of course, wouldn't want you to. But all I'm also saying is these, these same principles, life is a game. They also apply to a family. If you want to have a successful family, try this. Work out, work it out for your business, work it out for your family, but work it out. What are our agreements here in terms of what are the barriers? What are the freedoms? And uh, let's make sure they're not endlessly operating in one direction or the other, but there's a nice balance of those and they are certain. Everybody knows what they are. Everybody knows what the penalties would be. And, you know, you want your allowance, you do the dishes. You know, you want to uh, go out on a date and, you know, you make sure you're back by 10 or whatever those policies are. Those are the barriers. But they also give freedoms. Look at that. I can go out at night as I keep by the rules, you know, and I can I can make money as long as I help around the house, you know. And these things are made clear and made known and uh, fairly and without hopefully too much uh, human emotion and reaction enforced. And I think you'll find uh, very, very successful families tend to operate that way and very, very successful businesses do as well. All right. Well, um, just thought I would tie those things together, make a little mention of families, because uh, it is important that you are surviving well across all of your dynamics. Uh, I thought we would just for uh, the heck of it uh, introduce the dynamic of family uh, the second dynamic here in our discussion of the third dynamic to basically give that perspective. I hope you enjoyed today's uh, episode. Let me know if you did or you didn't. Uh, write us at info at wiseeastus.org. If you would like to hear talks on more dynamics than just the third dynamic, I'd be interested. You know, I mean, because they all do relate and it wouldn't be a very um fun enterprise if all the dynamics are not taken into consideration as you develop it so both for yourself and for your your team okay so uh, write us give us your feedback info at wiseeastus.org i hope this was helpful to you and we'll talk again next week